If you grab your Bibles, um, yes, yeah, oh, gee, yeah. Uh, if you grab your Bibles, um, turn to um, to the book of Daniel. I didn't really. The title of this message is Rock and Roll and the Church. What does that mean? Rock and Roll and the Church. Awesome name. Probably the coolest name of a message I've had, I've come up with yet, Matt. It's awesome. Ah, Daniel 1. In the third year in the reign, is everyone there? Book of Daniel, chapter 1, verse 1, from the top. In the third year in the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, great name for a kid. If anyone's, Jeff and Kane, if anyone's having a baby, Jehoiakim, great name. Mina, if you want it. Uh, Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar came to, of Babylon, uh, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. Verse 2, and the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. Verse 3, then the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, to uh, bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the, of the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. Pretty cool. Wow, cool. Um, I want to go through four steps tonight the four things that I got out of that, that who knows that the devil hasn't changed his devices in thousands and thousands and thousands of years. The devil has used the same tactics that he did back then. He's using them today. And tonight I want to quickly go through four of what um, the devil has been doing and wants to do to the church. So uh, the first thing in, in chapter 1, it says, uh, in the third reign... Of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar came to Babylon, came to Jerusalem, and besieged it. Does anyone know what besieged it means? Besieged it. Anybody? So to besiege it means to surround. So so Nebuchadnezzar came down to Jerusalem and surrounded uh, Jerusalem. See, they're, they're, they're going to war with Jerusalem, so no army wants to come down and, and fight. You know, a fully fit, fully nourished, you know, other army. That, that, what they did in the old days, that they'd go in and, and surround the town. Because who knows, a city needs supplies going in, needs sewage coming out, and needs you know this going in and that coming out. So what they would do is they would go to the cities and surround the cities. So when the soldiers were, were weak and they didn't have any water and they haven't eaten in, in you know weeks, then they'd just go in and, and fight and, and take over the city. And uh, the devil... Has done the same, wants to do the same thing with the church. The devil wants to surround the church. You know, we need stuff coming in, stuff going in. Tonight, the first thing that the devil doesn't want in church, it wants to cut off the supply, is leadership. The devil does not want leadership in church. Who knows what I'm saying? The devil, why doesn't the devil want leadership? You know, if, if there's leaders, that means there's followers. The devil doesn't want the church having followers. Who knows what I'm saying? Why is there such a big push and such a big strain, where the, especially in our culture, when someone says they're the leaders, automatically people start fault-finding and start saying, well, this is what I think, 
and, and this is, you know, I'm going to pull that person down. Who knows that, you know, we need strong leadership in the church. And the first thing, the very first thing that the devil wants to cut off from the church is leadership. Who knows that we need strong leaders, strong young leaders, old leaders, really old leaders to arise and, you know, gossiping and, and slandering and all that kind of stuff. Why does all that kind of stuff happen? Because the devil knows if he can, if he can rock the leadership team, if he can rock all this stuff. And if the leaders get pointed out and blasted and, and all this stuff, the devil knows if the church doesn't have leaders, then the church is going to be a laughing stock. Who, who knows what I'm saying? And so that's why there's a massive push. There's a massive fight and strain for, for the church needs more leaders. The church needs to develop and grow and, and strengthen and equip more leaders. Is that good? Um, and then, do you know what happens? We, we, we go to the, into the world and say, hey guys, you know, church is awesome. Come along to church. And then, and then, then they get to church. They just, you know, without leadership, they meet a bunch of guys that are just pointing fingers and ripping people down. And uh, there's a verse in Galatians, Pastor, for you nearly preached this this morning and I was freaking out. It's Galatians 6, 6. It says, let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. So let me say it again. Is it up there? No. Galatians 6, 6. Let him who is taught the word, us, share in all good things with him who, who teaches. And it says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. You know, these guys aren't our best friends. They're not our friends. They're not our mates. They're not our, hey guys, how are you going? These guys are our leaders. These are the guys, you know, it's, it, I love it says, let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. We're, you know, we need to get in the mindset of, oh, here's, there's Pastor Phil and there's, there's Pastor Lee. Oh, I hope they don't come over and ask me to do something because because, you know, what I, I, you know, I don't want to do, you know, we need to see Pastor, I had um, Shona Giles come to me on Friday and I was just standing here before you started and just walked from the back all out the front and said, like about 10 minutes before you said, how are you, Andrew? How are you going? Is everything okay? Can I do anything for you? And I just went, oh, Shona, you are awesome. You know, oh, and, and we, she, she's awesome. And we, you know, we need to see these guys as not our friends, or well, of course friends, but they're leaders. And, and, and um, you know, in Australia, in this society, we have this culture of, you know, well, I'm, you know, not tall popping, all this kind of thing. But who knows that we need to raise a generation and, 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 and put it into this generation that we need respect for these. These guys, when, they, when you see them walking in a church, it's not like, uh-oh, here comes person. It's like Pastor Phil. What can I do for you? Pastor, is everything okay? Um, can, I, can I carry that for you? Who knows what I'm saying? Is that good? Number two. Uh, I've lost my Daniel. I'm a guy in Galatians. Verse two. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. To the, and he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. Who knows that the second thing that the devil wants to cut off from church is the silver and the gold. The devil does not want the church to have money. 
The, ch- the devil doesn't want the church to have finance. Who knows in Proverbs 22 it says, the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. Who knows that the devil wants all of the people that come to church to have this poverty mentality. Oh, I'm not going to give because, because I'm not going to make it through this. You know, the, the, the devil doesn't want Christians catching the fact that what you reap, you sow. And the measure you use, we measure it against. The, the devil doesn't want Christians to get the revelation that giving and tithing into the house of God brings abundance into your life. The devil doesn't, the devil wants you to come to church and go, oh, flip, here comes the, the giving, God, time to switch off, not doing it. The, the, the church, and, and you know, who knows there's that verse in the Bible that talks about the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Who knows what I'm saying? The wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Who knows that the, the God wants to make a, a generation so smart with money, so wise with money, with, with finance, that, that we can, you know, how much is it going to cost to, to reach 15,000 people? How much is it going to cost to, to, to go into the entire community and, and spread God's? It's going to cost heaps. And do you know what happens? We get this, you know, when you start giving, you create a flow through your life. Like Pastor Phil was saying, a flow. Who knows that money has a term called currency? Current electricity, currency. And, and when you give, you get this, a bunt, you start to give, you create a flow over your life. Because you know, the Bible says in 2 Chronicles 7.14, I think, that the eyes of the Lord go to and fro looking looking for someone, who, who, can I, who can I bless, who can I bless? And he goes, there's Garth Paul, there's a sower, there's a sower, I, I can bless Garth, because I know, God knows if he can get it to him, like Pastor Phil said, he'll get it through. And you know, God wants the church to have silver and gold. And the devil knows that if he can cut off the, the supply of the silver and of the gold, then Shut up shop, let's go home, it's not, you know, but we, you know, we need to have an abundant, when you start to give, you create a flow in your life, and you get an abundance mentality, and, and like Pastor said, if, if God can get it to you, God goes, great, there's somebody that, that's going to build my kingdom, Deuteronomy 8, verse 18, says God gives you the power to get wealth, to establish his covenant, God wants you to have wealth, God, God has created you to be, it says blessed to be a blessing, God wants to get wealth to you so that you can flow it into the church and we can reach more people. Is that good? All right, God gives more seed to the soul. Um, and it says, um, Psalm 91 verse 7, A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Um, Isaiah 31 verse uh, 1 says, Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses who trust in chariots because they are many, and in the horsemen because they are very strong, but who do not look to the Holy One of Israel nor seek the Lord. You know, and it's that Psalm, the thousand may fall at your right side, ten thousand at your, at your right hand, it will not come near you. You know, when you give, in the, in the Old Testament, if you wanted to live under a king's reign, his kingdom, the, the king would always exact taxes and tribute into this kingdom, and you would come under the protection of the kingdom. And what happens is when you give to God, you, you come under the, the, the protection and the covenant and, and, and the, um, of God's kingdom. So, so we hear that you know, the Americans 
uh, you know, crashed on Wall Street and, and we go, oh no, you know, and then we, you know, but the Bible says, you know what, do not rely on this stuff because you're, you're in the kingdom of God. And when you, when you bring your tithe and your, and your finance and your offerings into the house of God, God says you are connecting yourself to the house of God and, and a thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand. Whoever gets their right and left confused all the time. And you go like that, and they go the other right, and you go, oh, it will not come near you. Is that good? Uh, number three, let me go back to Daniel. Number three. The arts. The devil doesn't want the arts in the church. What are you talking about, Andrew? The arts? What are you, what are you, crazy? The arts? That's the rock and roll part of my message. The arts. You know, there was a day back in, you know, when Leonardo da Vinci was around and um, uh, Michelangelo, where all the predominant artists, all the predominant you know, uh, creative people of the day used their art to glorify God. And people would walk into the Sistine Chapel and they, they'd see, they'd see the, the roof as a kaleidoscope of colors and they'd say, wow, praise God. Like, God is, God is full of life and, and he's a party and wow, look at these bright colors. Like, whoa, awesome. And then, um, I heard a story a little while ago of, um, Leonardo da Vinci and he painted The Last Supper in that famous painting of The Last Supper. And he got commissioned by the Duke to paint the supper. And he got 95% done. And the Duke came up to him and said, um, Oh, it's magnificent, Leo. It's awesome. My eyes are automatically um, drawn to the cup of, the cup of Christ. It's wow. That's the, and Leonardo got so enraged that he grabbed his paint palette and he slashed, put it in the black and he slashed out the, 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 the cup, and he said, Jesus Christ is the centerpiece. I'll have nothing to track from him. Who knows that we need, uh, uh, and do you know what? When you hear about um, Britney Spears, Whitney Houston, Jessica Simpson, um, what's that girl, um, Katy Perry, all these, all these kids that were raised, Katy Perry sings that song, Captain, God. All these kids raised in the house of God, raised in the house of God, grew up in church singing. Katy Perry's parents are pastors. And it's like the devil doesn't want, you know, the devil doesn't want Britney Spears going, oops, I did it again. I've made you believe that Jesus is Lord or anything like, you know. No one knows Britney Spears' song. It's a song. Britney's song. Anyway, we need... The arts. We need that. We need young people and people, not just young people. People. Um. And you look at the lives of these these guys that have sold out their gift. You know, all these guys, Britney Spears, every week. Anything. You, you know, when you sell out your gift to the world, the world never treats it good. Never treats it good. And, you know, we need, why, I would spend a million dollars to send Julie around the world and get her music all over the radio. Why? So I can buy, rich, when Julie's a billionaire, I can buy a Ferrari. Yes, as well. But, but you know what? Young people are looking for role models. Young people are looking for people to say, how should I live my life? 
And we look up to these people in the arts. We look at rock stars and go, how, how should we live? We, and it's like, you know, you see them on their third marriage coming out of rehab. You know, they can't get their kids to do anything. And it's like, please, you know, we need some, some Christians who have a great sound, not like a weak little, you know, my Redeemer lives kind of, but a really fat kind of awesome sound on the, like switchfoot, guys like that on the radio, they're just, just so solid. And so we need to have the arts. We need young people that are just awesome at guitar, awesome singers, awesome songwriters. When the radio stations kind of go, ah, oh, that sound is awesome. They go, you know what? I, I will play it, but you know, you can sign me up, but put your checkbook away because you know what? My gift is not for sale. My, my, I play for the audience. Of one, who knows what I'm saying? We need young. We need people that can get their, you know, on the. And I see these girls, and I just go, I see the devil mocking and laughing and just going, you know, you you know, we need the arts. And the fourth thing, and uh, this is this is great. Um, Verse three. Then king. Then the king instructed Ashpenaz the master of his eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel. Who knows what a eunuch is? Anybody? A, a, a eunuch's neither male nor female. It's just all gone. Nothing there. Neither male nor female. It's all gone. And you see, you see eunuchs, and then the next line I see children. Eunuchs, children. And I heard a story of um, Leia Coker. He, he's a, a guy in America who who just took over Chrysler in America. Really successful young guy. And um, he, he turned it around from $300 million a year, probably more, I forget, to something like $500 million a year. Really successful. And he got to the top of his field. And he said, when I got there, I realized that there was nothing there. I got there, and I've been straining and my whole life to get to there, to be there, number one. And he said, I realized there was nothing there. Who knows a eunuch has nothing there, right? And we have young men and women. Is that a good golf? There's nothing there. We have young men and women, you know, straining and, 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 and selling out and doing all this stuff to be, to be Ashman as the master of nothing. I'm the master of those that cannot reproduce. I'm the master of those who, you know, cannot go toily toilies properly. I'm, you know, I'm the master of, you know, whoopee, I think, whoop, so what? You're the master of nothing. So, and we, but we have, you know, we have young people that are going, you know, I'm, I'm not going to church. I'm selling out. I, I want to, I want to be like Brittany. I want to be like, you know, these people. And it's like, there's nothing that you, we need, the fourth one is young people, youth, children. We need, the king instructed Ashmaz to go and get the children and teach them the, the language and the literature of the Chaldeans. So the devil wants to get all the good looking young people out of the church and teach them the language and the literature of the world. Is that good? Yeah. Huh. So, why, you know, 
Children's ministries, youth ministries is one of the most important. We need business guys going, you know what? What are the children doing? What are youth going? I want to give to that. I want to back that. I want, I, you know, I want to bless them. Because you know what? I grew up in children's church. And everything that they told me, I just went, great, fine. Aunty Viv would say, Jesus is a healer. Okay, fine. No dramas. God is this. All right. No worries. Happy with that. You know. Children's church is one of the most phenomenal things. We need, you know, the devil doesn't want young people growing up, going through children's church, going, because you know what? If there's no kids and there's no youth in 10 years times, when, when, when we're, we're doing government elections and we're, we're setting new laws and we're doing this stuff, if the people and the young people aren't in the church right now, in 10 years time, the people that are running businesses and corporations and making these important decisions, who are they going to be? They're going to be, you know, they're not going to have any, God influence any, you know, depth of God in them at all. And, and the devil goes, you know what? If I can get young people out of the church, if I can get the, the devil, if, if I can get young people to think that God is boring, God is a wet blanket, a killjoy like this, you know, um, why would you go to church? Then he's one. We need strong youth. We need to have a strong, strong kids ministries. Is that good? Uh, who saw the, um, I saw a thing on the guy called the Wire Walker. Oh, did anyone see that guy? The Wire Walker. He is awesome. He's still alive. 65 years old. He's a French guy. As a guy from France. Oh, I, I, yeah, he walked across um, Twin Towers on a wire. And he did the Hubbard Bridge, Sydney Hubbard Bridge. And this crazy young uh, French guy, and um, he just dedicated his life to walking on a wire. And he goes, it's my art. He had a French accent. He goes, it's my art, you know. Uh, and uh, I remember I watching this. Yeah, Vicky, awesome. It's awesome, Vicky. Vicky, French, look at you. Um, I was watching this guy, and uh, that's, that's what he does. That's his art. And he set up a wire on Sydney Harbour back in the 70s over the two pylons. And just walked across it. He goes, I flew into Sydney, didn't know anybody. I was only here for a couple of days and, and just thought, I'd like to set a wire up and walk across. And, he, and then he went to the, um, this is awesome, he went to the um, World Trade Center and uh, he, he, he had a goal of, of getting to the top of the World Trade Center, set up a wire and walking across the wire. And he said it took him like eight months of um, this. Um, um, Preparation and, and surveillance of the um, World Trade Center, your blueprints, and he, he had to get two teams up the world, both, both sides, and then shoot an arrow across to set up a wire. And I saw a photo. Anyone see this on ABC? Yeah. And I saw a, um, a photo of him sitting on the edge of the building, and, um, and he's looking, uh, there's a photo looking down. And he can't, he can't even see the ground. It's like, you know, it's, it's awesome. I, yeah, it's it's he's he's playing in art houses a movie, but when the DVD comes out, we'll watch it on something. That'll be really good. Now, um, and the last thing, how did I get there, Vicky? Um, in in Ephesians, uh, chapter three, verse. Um, let's start at um, halfway through seventeen. I preached on Friday night. How there's so many Christians out there that just not happy and unjoyful. 
And, and there's a verse in um, Galatians that says that you will grow uh, in, in, in the... Oops, let me just turn back to last night's message. Grow and experience the joy of your faith, that you will grow and experience the joy of your faith. You know, that being a Christian isn't a drag. It isn't, well, well I, I guess I'll be a Christian because whatever. You know, you, when I see people that are, say, I'm a Christian... And, and they're depressed and unhappy. It's like, you're an idiot. Just shake it out. And, you know, because it, it says, uh, Paul talks about growing and experiencing the joy of faith. Being a Christian's the greatest way to live. It's just the best. I wake up and go, yeah, yeah, woo, yeah, this is awesome. You know, uh, my life's just a constant, like I just have fun all the time. And it's not like I'm, I'm thinking, well, this is a drag because I have to do this. Like, God is just great. And, and when I see Christians that are out there that are just unhappy and, and miserable, it's like, dude, you're missing the whole thing of being a Christian. You're missing everything. Remember your first love of, of when you actually gave your life to God and you're so excited. And Sunday came around, you were right there and you saw Pastor Phil. Pastor Phil, what can I do for you? And then Jilly started singing worship. It's like, oh, this is awesome, really. Jilly, you just, oh, this is, you know. And, and then we get churchized, and then 10 years later, you see us kicking your feet, and it's like, uh, grow and experience the joy. Grow and experience the joy of your faith. Faith is, being a Christian is awesome. And Paul says in that verse I said before, that, um, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. And this part, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That you, if you break this down, that you may be filled. When you see a bucket of water and it's filled, you can't put any more in it. It's filled. That's it. But then Paul goes, that you may be filled, and then with all, all, all is all, all is all there is. How much have you got in there? All of it. I can't put any more in. It's all in there. I have no more. All. Paul says that you will be filled with all the fullness, and then he says of God, which is the biggest word in the dictionary, God, big, heavens. Massive. And Paul says, this is how we should be living as Christians, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Filled with all the fullness of God. Is that good? Next time you see a Christian and they're um, just unhappy and, and miserable, just go up to them and shake them, Marina. Shake them like this. And then slap them across the face and say, be happy to be a Christian. It's awesome. It's the best thing you can ever do. Um, to be filled with all the fullness of God. And then, and then Paul goes on and says, now to him, that's the biggest prayer you can pray. Paul, Paul's just prayed the biggest thing ever. To be filled with all the fullness of God. It's like, ah, just in there. And then he goes, but check this out. Now to him, who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think according to the power that is in within us. You know? Who knows what I'm saying? 
oh, I'm struggling in sin. I'm struggling with temptation. Well, well, you know, God, God has given you all the resource already in you. God has said, you know, you can do this. You can get through this. Who knows what I'm saying? We need to be people that are full of God, full of the fullness of God, and not grumpy. Every, let me just pray. Now I'll give it back to Pastor Phil. <clears throat> Dear Jesus, I thank you for these people. God, that you will take us on a journey of experiencing the joy of our faith. God, that we would grow, continue to grow. God, that you would break chains, open eyes. God, that we would be bigger and better people. God, that you would draw us in, draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.